have an outline uh, this morning, if you will. We have plenty of those available. If you don't have one, could we get a couple of people to give out those, if you will? Uh, we're going to be reading several scriptures. Some of them have already been read, but that's not redundancy. Redundancy is repetitiveness unnecessarily, and this is necessary. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. Enjoyed all the music. Thank you so much for getting that done. Jason, you're a miracle. I must, I must confess, I had no idea you'd be here today. Will you thank God for what God is doing in that man's life? Amen. <laughs> Reading from St. Luke chapter 2. I'm going to read several verses. Follow me if you will. By the way, we have new TVs up, new screens up, and they're larger. The, the wording is larger. I want to thank Chris and Chip. And Michael, would you give them a hand for preparing those new TVs? And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This, this census first took place with Quirinius, which was governing Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee, city of Nazareth, into Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was out of the house of the, and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, uh, his betrothed wife, he was engaged to her, uh, who was with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. <clears throat> Look at verse 7. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room <clears throat> for them in the inn. Now there were in the same country shepherds living, living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were greatly afraid. Verse 10. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people, all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward me. And Father, add your blessings to this word. We pray, Father, that you'd help us, yes, to recognize the babe in the manger, but also recognize our deliverer, one who gives us the victory, one dear God who lives within us today. Bless as we uh, understand what you're saying to us. Quicken our hearts as well as our minds. In Christ's name we pray. Look at your introduction with me, please. Very important. Scholars have concluded from much research that hundreds of years before Jesus was ever born, more than 300 prophecies were recorded to tell of his coming, his life, his journey to the cross, and to the power of Jesus' resurrection. These prophecies point to the exact 
location, circumstances, and even timing of Christ's birth. God alone is the only one who could plan those specific details and ensure they all come to pass. How can anyone think that Jesus just, quote, happened to be in the right place at the right time? Then I have an illustration here. Someone figured it out for all these prophecies to take place and come to pass. It would be like taking silver dollars and stacking those silver dollars over the state of Texas two feet high. Get a volunteer to be at the uh, Texas line, blindfold that individual, and have them to start, just take those silver dollars and just mix them all up and take one colored silver dollar and throw it out and all of those millions of silver dollars. Blindfold, as I said, a volunteer, let them walk across Texas. The chances of them picking up that one silver dollar is more possible than these prophecies coming together that prophesied Jesus Christ. That's amazing to me. When we look at God sovereignly working within people's lives, not believers, Caesar, others' lives, and having it to come together. Listen, if the uh, call had not gone out, if the decree had not gone out, then certainly Joseph and Mary would not have left Nazareth, their hometown, and gone 90 grueling miles to Bethlehem. I mean, that just did not happen. That sort of lets me know that God's in charge today, amen? Doesn't matter who's in the White House, doesn't matter who's in the State House, it doesn't matter what, God Almighty is in charge today, amen? He takes care of you and I. The incarnation was the great event in the world's history. And one person wrote this, and I really liked it. Let me read it. Christianity is founded on that core truth of the atoning death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. But the death and resurrection of Jesus are only effective and powerful because of the incarnation. Would you say amen to this? Of Jesus. The virgin conception and birth of Jesus. For unless Jesus is more than just a man... His death at best is only noble. It is the incarnation that distinguishes Jesus Christ from every other man. It is this that declares him to be fully man and also fully God. Even in the form of a helpless infant in a manger in Bethlehem. What I'd like to do today is look at the clothing of Jesus. The clothing of of Jesus. Three things. Pretty easy to remember. First of all, it says that he was wrapped in swaddling clothes. Swaddling clothes. What was that? They took bands of cloth. It was a custom of that day and wrapped the babies in them, wrapped the babies in them. And that's exactly just, just an ordinary baby as far as the wrappings were concerned. 
But it was amazing to me when the angel appeared unto the shepherds on the hillside that they said to them, the sign of this individual that is going to save mankind to all people, it was amazing to me the sign was, number one, there would be a baby. Now, can you imagine these shepherds? Can you imagine anyone getting a startling uh, appearance of shepherds and the light that shone around, the host of angels that uh, appeared on that hillside? Can you imagine them saying, wait a minute. You mean this great announcement is about, is about a little baby? A little baby? And you're saying that he is going to be a gift to all mankind? Not only is it a baby, but he's wrapped in normal, custom, swaddling clothes. And he's going to be laid in a manger, a feed trough. Can you imagine them scratching their head? But no, they were so excited. They were so moved by this great revelation. And of course, they went, as David said this morning, to see Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Swaddling clothes, a sign unto you. And I could not help but think, and I have it on your notes, I could not help but think, this was the Son of God that allowed himself to be bound in clothing. He was bound so he could set us free. Aren't you glad you're free today because Jesus Christ was willing to be bound at his birth? Okay, we have the uh, swaddling clothes, the uh, custom of, of wrapping the baby. And then let's notice also not only the swaddling clothes, but the purple robe. Matthew chapter 27, verse 27 through 31. The soldiers of the governor took Jesus into the praetorium and gathered the whole garrison around him. Now I can't help but almost weep when I read this scripture. It moves me when I read. I want you to listen to what happened. And they stripped him and put a scarlet robe, purple robe, on him. When they had twisted a crown of thorns, they put it on his head and a reed in his right hand. And they bowed the knee before him and mocked him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews. Then they spat on him and took the reed and struck him on the head. And when they had mocked him, they took the robe off him, put his own clothes on him, and led him away to be crucified. Every time I read that, that stirs me. To know that they took a reed and, and hit my Savior, spat in his face, plucked his beard, and all the things that happened to him. But notice what they put on him. They put a purple robe on him. That's an analogy of several things, but let me tell you one thing it's an analogy of. When the tabernacle was built in the wilderness, God instructed Moses and the priest to have a special entrance, and it was on the east side of the tabernacle. And at that entrance, there was a purple, I'm sorry, there was a curtain put up, a large curtain for the entrance into the tabernacle. And not only was there a curtain there, but there was another curtain that was there at the Holy of Holies, the Holy of Holies. 
And we find that the color of those two curtains, entrance into the tabernacle, entrance into the Holy of Holies, both curtains was red on one side and blue on the other side. So that made the middle part what? Purple. Purple. It was a purple uh, curtain. And that was the entrance into the very presence of God, the Ark of the Covenant, the Holy of Holies, and God allowed man to have a relationship with him, even though it was through the tabernacle, the Ark of the Covenant, and all of those things. And when I think of them putting a purple robe on Jesus Christ, I think of that Jesus prepared an entrance for you and I. He said, I am the door. I am the way, the truth, and the life. So if man wants to come to Jesus Christ, they will, wants to come to God, they will come through and by Jesus Christ. I am the way. I am the truth. And that purple, you see, none of these soldiers, none of these people understood what they were doing. They were only fulfilling many, many years of prophecy. Just like the babe in Bethlehem, Micah 5, 2, prophesied that he would be born in Bethlehem, and uh, which was 700 years before the actual happening of the birth of Jesus Christ. So you have the swaddling clothes representing humility, representing God knowing us in our own relationship, and God meeting us where we are. You know, he didn't say, uh, the angels did not say uh, that uh, the, this, this child will have a halo over his head, that there'll be a light shining over him and there'll be angels all around. No, he was in a stable. He was laid in a trough and he was wrapped in swaddling clothes. Wow. God knows how to meet us where we are. Not only does God know how to meet us where we are, but God knows how my friend, to bless us when we need blessing. So you, you have the swaddling clothes. You have the purple robe and abundant entrance. I love what Second Peter says. For so an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. If you haven't tried it, you ought to. He provided, most of us here have, He's provided a wonderful entrance into abundant life, into abundant living, into a relationship, of course, with Jesus Christ. So you have the swaddling clothes, you have the purple robe, and then you have the royal robe. Read with me, if you will, Revelation chapter 19, verse 11 through 16. Now I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse, and he who sat on him was called faithful and true. And in righteousness he judges and makes war. His eyes were like a flame of fire. Wow. And on his head were many crowns. And he had a name written that no one knew except himself. He was clothed with a robe dipped in blood. And his name was called the Word of God. 
Verse 14. And the arm is in heaven. This is at Armageddon. Armageddon. And the arm is in heaven, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, fallen him on white horses. Now out of his mouth goes a sharp sword, that with it he should strike the nations, and he himself will rule them with a rod of iron. He himself treads the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. And he has on his robe, it's a royal robe. It's a robe that's dipped in blood. How do you dip anything, a piece of cloth in blood, and it be pure white? I'm going to tell you, there's purity in the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen? He makes you and I pure. And his robe and on his thigh, a name written, what? King of kings and Lord of lords. Will you praise God for that scripture? I love that scripture. Jesus is no longer, listen to me, he's no longer on a donkey, a humble donkey. He's no longer has a plaited crown of thorns on his head. He's got a crown on his head. He's riding not, not the donkey, he's riding a beautiful white stallion. And he comes with victory and he comes with, with overcoming grace for you and I. Now, you might say to me, Pastor, why would you talk about the clothing of Jesus? Okay, I'm glad you asked. Because I'm telling you, as I've already said over one or two of them, first of all, the swaddling clothes meant a man of humility, a man of the people, a man that knows our hurts and our pains, knows our sufferings. So I don't know what you're going through, what you're facing today. Christmas is a time for joy, and most of us can joyfully approach it. But sometimes the enemy will come against us physically, emotionally, spiritually, with our family, our home, our job. Let me tell you, that babe born in that uh, barn, laid in that manger, that babe is alive today, and he knows how you feel. Second of all, that purple robe, as I said earlier, Jesus Christ knew that mankind needed to go from here to here, to go from sadness to peace and joy, to go from being in bondage to go to being free. And Jesus Christ knew that. And then putting that purple robe upon him spoke, spoke of the entrance that every person no matter who they are, you may be here today, you never have a, 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 attempted to go through that entrance, but he made a way where there seems to be no way. And then, as I said, he was not on the donkey, he was on a white horse, and that represents none other than victory in Jesus Christ. He provides for all of us, he provides for every one of us a victory that we ourselves can't have. No matter what you're facing today, Jesus Christ is your victor. Bow your heads and pray with us, please. Father, we thank you this morning for the wonderful, wonderful season of Christmas. But we thank you, Lord, because of the preparation of all that happened, the prophecies, all their God that the preparation that was made for our salvation. Thank you that we have a Savior that understands us. 
He knows when we hurt. He knows when we're lonely. He knows, dear God, when sin has overtaken us and we're struggling with all of the things of the world. He knows. He identifies with us. He is not only a babe in a manger, not only a Savior on a cross, but he lives forevermore. We thank you because he not only understands where we are, but he's made a way for us where there seems to be no way. No matter where we are in our walk, Jesus Christ. And I thank you, Lord, for making that way. And Lord, help us to see more of the glory and power of Jesus Christ. And understand that he's brought to us victory. And he's coming again. No matter, dear God, how the enemy comes and tries to stop anything happening, he's coming again, and he's coming soon. Search our hearts here this morning. Help us as we walk out of this place today to walk out with salvation. Help us as we walk out of this place today to walk out, dear God, with victory in our soul, victory in our hearts. Help us as we walk out of this place today to be determined to lead someone else to that entrance, to invite them, dear God, to a relationship with Jesus Christ. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.